Through the lens of loving local and seeing global, we obsessively search for people whose stories need to be told and how OKC played a supporting role. Hosted by Katherine Bexton and Emmy Cobes, welcome to Action City. Emmy! Good morning. Uh, let's I, let's just get it out of the way. Just say something so the world can hear your voice. So there it I is. have an, an upper respiratory infection <laughs> and Catherine is making me record this morning. I, I, I would not let her postpone. Move it and she said no. So this is what I sound like. And I blame Catherine. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You can get me back one day because I will, I'm sure, be in the exact same situation one well, day. It won't take me three nights, though. It'll take me just one. And that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Catherine is not going to let me get away with just saying upper, upper respiratory because I was in a wedding this last weekend where I was a bridesmaid. And we had Thursday night welcome party, Friday morning bridal lunch, and Friday night rehearsal, then rehearsal dinner, and then Saturday wedding. And you were it was an all day Saturday event leading up to the wedding, right? With the bridesmaids? Oh, yeah. Well, we, you know, you go and get ready all day oh, long. Yeah. And- See, I, I don't know if I necessarily, I mean, I think we had like a bridesmaids luncheon, but there was no all day long with everybody. Well, you guys probably did your own hair and makeup. Like now they bring in people to do your hair and makeup. Oh, it's never ending. It's never ending, but it was so fun. I love seeing all the pictures. If you guys follow Emmy on Instagram, you can see the, all the fun that was had and you can see, you can see why her voice sounds like this. Yeah. Uh I mean, basically I should have gone to the doctor on Friday but I really didn't have time. No, you don't. And then it got worse and worse and worse. And then yesterday was definitely my pit when I was bawling crying in the middle of Walgreens. Well, so basically what happened was I felt fine, but my voice sounded bad on Saturday and kind of Friday. So I thought I just had laryngitis and I know people are like laryngitis. That's not a thing anymore. I don't guess so. I I feel like we talked about laryngitis a lot when I was little, that was like, but I haven't heard that word in a long time. I think time. it just laryngitis in my mind means you lose your voice. Okay. Like if that, I don't know if that's right. But, well, that's, but that, that's what happened. But anyway, so yesterday I started like getting body aches and the chills and all, and so I, I ran to the urgent care before they closed at five. And then I got to, I didn't realize that my Walgreens, the pharmacy closed at six and I just had like a full, so I got to the pharmacy at 6.05 and I was like, why is it closed? And the girl was like, well, we can't give you your medicine. And I literally just started crying in front of her. I I would love to be like the little video camera at the Walgreens to see how many people a day do that. Cause I bet I've done that five times burst oh, like, into tears in the, in the drive through at Walgreens at the counter at Walgreens. It's always when you're like at your wits end, you know, they don't have the medicine you need or the, you know, the doctor didn't call it in or you show up like I've done it so many times. Really? Oh, for sure. I just like, I honestly am not a huge crier. And so when I do, it's just the floodgates are open and it's like full blown. Were they nice? Did they have any, were they just like, sorry. She was so awkward. I mean, the, it wasn't the pharmacist. It was, it was the a, pharmacist tech. And I think she had to be like 18 maybe. Oh, she didn't know what to do. Yeah. And so I think seeing this person just like blubbering in front of her, she was like, uh, when she's 30 and has a podcast, she's going to tell the story. One time when I was 18 and I worked as a pharmacist tech to the Walgreens, this crazy lady came in. 
started bawling, crying. I was like, you can't give me my medicine. Like, I don't feel good. She was like, sorry. And she's like, I don't really care. No, but honestly, so my daughter is sick too. And I think I was crying more because she needs, she, so she had a upper upper respiratory infection and hers turned into an ear infection. Oh, those are the worst. They never stop crying. She just hasn't been feeling good since like last Friday. And so I'm ready for her to feel good. You know what I mean? Like it was just like a culmination. You were exhausted too on top of all that. I mean, that's a lot. Yeah, I was exhausted. And honestly, like it was kind of weird to act like nothing had happened this last year. You know what I mean? Yes, to have those three days of... Um, But the wedding was beautiful, like beautiful. Actually, my friend Kristen was the planner. Um, She has Marie Rose events. Oh, I saw you tagged that in your Instagram. Just to give her a shout out because literally the wedding was gorgeous and it ran so smoothly. The and, clear tent. I have oh, never yeah, was, been in a clear tent before. The clear tent is really cool. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. It's so, it was so much fun and it was so good to see like my really good friends um, that I haven't gotten to see this past year. Like that was probably the best part was just hanging out with all my girlfriends and just catching up. And, um, but it was kind of a weird, like, when you were sitting in that clear tent, you were looking around at all the people. Did it? Well, did it the tent was feel like you were doing distance. something wrong. Oh, it was. So that was good. Um, but who was at your table? The people you'd been with all weekend. Yeah, the, like, point, yeah, like, yeah, exactly. So I don't know. It was just. It, it felt. It feels like all of the sudden everything is kind of going back to the normal, but very quickly. And I'm like, I need to like ease ready? in. A I don't little know if bit. I'm ready for that. I. I, I, you know, I haven't been to a big party in a long time just because I don't have any friends that are. Oh, actually, you know what? Saturday night. That's not true. This coming Saturday night, I'm going to a wedding reception of my cousin who was supposed to get married Wait, which, this summer. Stephen Burke Lacey. I'm going to go. Kelsey, you're going? Yes. Oh, we'll be there on Saturday night together. Okay, what are you going to wear? That's a whole nother situation. She told me cocktail. Okay. I might wear the pink dress with little little leopards on it that I've been done. I've, I've worn it once, but I might wear it again because I've had it the whole year and no place to wear it. I almost, so I almost wore that Ronnie Cobo dress that I got oh, at Greta last oh, year that it. I haven't oh, gotten we to wear. kind of matching. I, well, no, I think it's going to be warmer though and mine is long sleeve. Oh yeah, I forgot because Stephen and Kelsey were at your birthday the last mm-hmm. time, the last bit party that I went to a I year ago. I didn't realize he was your cousin. I forgot, yeah. His grandfather and my dad were first cousins. Oh, so he's like, he would be like my like second cousin once removed. Gotcha. But when you don't have that many cousins, then, you know, all your peripheral cousins get to be your. That's cousins, true. Which is really nice. So like, I wish that I could be a wedding guest and then have experienced this last weekend, like ease into it. But it was like, I, I mean, the bandaid was just ripped ripped, off. yanked off. Oh God. Yeah. But it, you know, it's good. Like it's a good thing. I don't know. I'm having a lot of mixed emotions about, and I think a lot of people probably are, right? Yeah, I mean, it's for sure. And I'm already a little bit of an anxious person. So, and I didn't have social anxiety. It was more just like the next, like literally yesterday, I was like, oh my gosh, something's wrong with me. I got to exactly. get this test and this test. And yeah. This and test. I did get a COVID test yesterday just because even though I'm, you know, I don't, I knew I didn't have it, but I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, it's hard. You just needed a peace of mind. I just feel like we've been, it's been drilled into us for the last year about like, be safe and do this and do that. And so when you don't do those things yeah. for a full weekend, it just, I <sighs> felt guilty, but you know what? It's like life does need to go on. It does on. need to go on. So, you know, I sound <sighs> like this. <laughs> 
You look fabulous, though, by the way. Oh, thanks. I almost wore the matching sweater today. Oh, yeah. I love the sweater. Oh. I got a sweater from Greta for my birthday, and it's... It's really... We have we we have the same one. Yeah. It's pretty great. Well, so what was your Pete and Pet? Wait, what did I just say? <laughs> peak and peak pit. And pit. pit and well, I peak. feel like it's been a long time since I've seen you because since I've since I saw you. Oh yeah, you, you went to LA. I went to LA. Well, my, not that I'm this is so annoyed that I have to find out on social media that you're hanging out with all the housewives. <laughs> it is so annoying. I mean, it's my life sounds way more exciting than it actually is. But really, the, it, I had to do a lot of work to get to LA because I had to go to Kansas City. Yeah, the weekend before, and so they made it to the finals in their soccer game, and the final was at four fifteen. Catherine, I do not want to hear about soccer. I want to hear about (laughs) Kyle and Dorit and partying with them. I mean, well, that was really fun. So basically, I got home at ten thirty at night on Sunday night, and my plane left at eight fifteen in the morning on Monday morning. But guess what? I was going to make it happen. I was not going to miss that plane. Okay, so I literally threw some stuff in a bag, flew to LA. It was. I, my friends were making fun of me because there were so many. I was like, is this what it's like to fly? I mean, because you haven't been yeah. on a plane in so long. Like so many people, you cannot even imagine every seat on the entire plane was packed and you were packed and they're like sardines. I, I can't. It was really, I kind of had the same feeling that you had at the wedding. I was like, is this even okay? I mean, we all obviously all had our masks on. So we show up in LA. We actually flew to Burbank, by the way. I mean, not that I want to give the secret away, but Burbank's just as far from LAX. And it was, we did have to, it wasn't direct, but it was so awesome. What did you fly Southwest? No, we flew American. It was so oh, easy. Okay. And we stayed at this place called the Lux. And that's like at the 405 and 101 maybe. And my grandmother and my mom have stayed there a ton and they loved staying there. So I was like, oh, perfect. Well, they, you know, they're old ladies and they, they loved it. So we stayed there and really we went for my friend Jennifer's 45th birthday. Sorry, Jennifer. I just said how old you were on the internet. I mean, oh, on the, oh, internet. On the internet. On the internet. Emmy was dating me earlier because I said the internet on the podcast. So it was, it was really lovely. Jennifer and Kyle are really best friends and they have such, I will say, Kyle has been so well, you've Lovely. known her for a yeah, while I mean, now. I mean, I've known her for a while because Jennifer's lived there for eight years. But she, and really there were a few toasts at dinner, which was so nice. But Kyle made friends with Jennifer and then introduced Jennifer to every single one of her friends from her whole life. I mean, one thing about Kyle is she has her friends from when she was growing up are still her friends now and have, have really brought Jennifer into that world and has been so generous and lovely with her friends. And now they're... They're really all Jennifer's friends. I mean, and yes, and, and um, one of their really good friends is is Teddy Mellencamp. And Teddy, oh, was Teddy there? Teddy too? was there because okay. I mean, and she did. I mean, that, that wasn't somebody they met Teddy together. I think Kyle and Jennifer did, and so, right because because Jennifer is a coach, right? For Teddy, yes, Jennifer's a coach for Teddy yeah. at All In, and so Teddy was there. She's so much fun. I'd forgotten that she just, she has a one-year-old right. at home. I no, mean, I, I can't even Campbell imagine. and Dove are a couple, I think they're Days six apart. weeks apart. I mean, not. Yeah. Yeah. But so, and yes, um, Dorit was there. I had met her once before in New York. She was darling. Her husband, PK, was hysterical. PK and Mo were recording all these crazy videos of themselves. They were like, kids in a candy store. I mean, it was so funny and it was just such a nice evening and it was kind of the same feeling. I mean, there were 16 of us at dinner, but we were all sitting. I think I talked about this for my trip to Jamaica, but my happy place is at a really long table table with lots of people and, you know, and everybody, well, Jim wasn't there, I guess, but you know, I mean, everyone's just, 
talking across the table and next to you and down the table and and conversations are shifting and I just it's really was was so much fun and we, they catered it from this Mexican place I guess I've been going to for like 25 years in Venice and it was better than any Mexican food I've had in Oklahoma City wait really oh my, it was more like te- I would say it's more like Tex-Mex it was insane I've been dreaming about the meal ever since of course you know because I'm all about the food. There was this like crema chicken thing that I've never seen on a menu in Oklahoma City. It was like almost like Chinese kind of chicken that that like chicken breast, but yeah. in like a cream sauce with green chilies. Oh god! So that was fun, of course. And the base of the whole 36 hours we're eating because the next morning we woke up. Lee and I walked to get a coffee. We had a delicious pastry. Of course, we had to have three pastries. Then we went to the, I think it's called like Grand Central Terminal or something. It's Mm -hmm. in downtown LA. Have you been there? Mm -hmm. We had an egg sandwich from the egg slut. Oh my gosh. I'm not going to go into all the details and bore you, but it was amazing. Then we went to the jewelry market, my favorite place. I I always make Jennifer take me there and made a few purchases. Then we had lunch in, in Santa Monica at this place called Elefante, which is, you really don't, I mean, in Santa Monica, there's not really a lot of beach dining or like views of the ocean necessarily, but it's on this rooftop kind of like a block and a half off the ocean. And so you look out it's so, it was so restorative to sort of see the palm trees in the ocean. And then we went for, how oh, we LA? met my sister's boyfriend. Oh, how was that? <sighs> so much fun. Wait, how was LA? Like, where is it? But was it open back up? Yeah. I mean, well, everybody's wearing masks on the street. I mean, even if you're like walking your dog by yourself at 200 what, yards um, from anybody, you're wearing a mask. My friend Maddie, who lives in Boston, because we we're just talking about the pandemic and, you know, whatever. And she was like saying, yeah, because they have a car in Boston, which is sort which of is rare, rare. Right. But it it's parked outside of their the front door to their apartment building. But if they were to walk just from their door to their car without, without a mask, mask, they would get yelled at. She said oh people gosh. in Boston yell at you across. Like if you were on the other side of the street and there's somebody not wearing a mask, somebody will shout at you, put a mask on. Like it is. Now, it wasn't that dramatic, oh, but yeah. you definitely felt uncomfortable if you didn't have a mask on. Like when we went right. out for a walk, we wore a mask. When we were downtown on the street. We wore our masks. I mean, we we were definitely wearing them more often or in places that we wouldn't be wearing them here. Right. Well, I mean, inside, I mean, obviously, it's all the same. You wear a mask to your table. Right, right, right. But I mean, the restaurants were packed. Good. I mean, we went to... Well, I mean, good in the sense of... Yeah, I, like, they, they can stay open. Yes, I mean, they, yes. we need the restaurants to... We need people in the restaurants. And so we did. We met... I saw my sister. We met her boyfriend. So my sister moved to LA like two weeks ago. She has a new boyfriend. He was lovely. He was interesting and talkative and and... You know, he was engaged with us. I mean, he was the only boy at dinner and he totally hung like it was no big deal. I mean, he was and they were so cute together. And it seems that he loves food as much as she does, which is should have been a prerequisite before I got married. But here I am. So (laughs) but so that was a blast. And then we were home by like three o'clock on Wednesday, right back to real life. Okay, but. Just for you the future, go, you need you know. to text me and say, hey, I'm headed to dinner <laughs> because I'm like on Dorit's Instagram and I'm like, there's Catherine freaking Buxton. <laughs> what is she doing? Do you know what's so funny? The number of people that texted me, a lot of people must follow Dorit who texted She's me and so said, is that you? Is that you? Is that you? And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess so. And you know what's so funny? I th- There were two pictures from the whole night. I don't have either one of them on my phone. And that was it. And, you know, but it, it's it. It is surprisingly a really wonderful group of people. Yeah. Like that, I think, is really the message. I mean, I, I don't, as you know, I don't watch 
the show. That's why you can hang out with them. That was like, right, I, I could, don't know all this. Yeah, all I the could crazy never stuff hang out with them because then I would just want to ask all the questions and I don't even know. I, it's not even that I'd want to ask all the questions. I would think I would know them. And obviously was I, I was talking to someone who was it like two days ago, somebody that I mean, should know. And I said something like, oh, we were at Kyle Richards house. And the person was like, who is that? And I was like, well, she's she's on the housewives. And they're like, what's that? I, and literally, it was like the person had been in the dark ages. I mean, like sleeping under a rock. I mean, at least I even know what it is. Oh, my God. So here we are. The weekend, Jim, Jim drove 10 hours to go fishing in New Orleans, stayed for Mm, 36 hours and drove 10 hours home. So he was sort of gone. The week, It was really soccer. And oh, I did. Wait, one more thing really quickly. I did Emma's virtual cooking oh, class yeah. last night. And, wait, and Mike hosted it, right? Yes. Oh, Mike was there and his wife. Oh, oh my God. They did such a good job. It was so really fun. So Mike, who we've had on. Mike Kern. Yeah, uh, Mike Kern, who Oklahoma. has the podcast, This Is Oklahoma. Is He's so nice. Yeah. So he he was the, the he and his wife were the, were the Emmy and Catherine of this of this class, but I think it's the first one. I mean, the last one she's going to do till the fall, but we, uh, oh my, so we rolled spring rolls. Yeah. And even like the girls came home from field hockey, they rolled some, they had so much fun doing it. They like put whatever they wanted inside. Jim was not a huge fan, but the rest of us, we loved it. I think it, it's an, I mean, if you haven't eaten a lot of vegetables in your life, it <laughs> probably is a so, little shock to the system. Okay. So in the summer, I'll like just chop up a ton of veggies and let Jeff kind of choose what he wants or, and then the kids, I'll just put whatever, but you can like, I've, I've added meat before. You know what I could do that might make it or, or uh, rice. Like blanch the carrots. You know what I mean? Like I oh, could maybe yeah. blanch a few things so they weren't credit. I think like the crunchiness of it maybe was. Or add rice. Oh, I could add. Oh, you're right. I could add vermicelli noodles. I could add yeah, rice. You could, yeah. Or um, Gracie added chicken. Have you had kelp noodles? Oh, so I the, won't tell anybody that they're kelp noodles. I haven't, but I've seen them at the store. So th- she she has a, a dish at plant that has kelp oh, the, noodles. Oh, I've, that, oh, yeah. they're kind of like glassy looking. They're glass. Yeah, glassy looking. And those would be good, especially in the peanut sauce. Like you could put oh, them in right. the peanut sauce in the thing. OK. Anyway, we're digressing. We're digressing. But yes, once again, here we are talking about plant, our favorite place. <laughs> <laughs> always, 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 always. So that that was it. I mean, it's been really fun. I'm glad to be home and I'm glad that I survived the airplane flight to Burbank and back. Yeah, that, that, that might have been my pit. I mean, that was three hours of total misery. Really? Yeah. It was, it was a lot of people kind of spreading out all over the place, arms and legs and everything everywhere, all over my seat. It was really No, bad. I hate yeah. that. Like, ugh. Like, stay in your seat. Stay in your lane, Oops, people. Sorry. Stay in your lane. But I survived and it was totally worth it. Oh, yes, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. But we're really excited about our next guest. Growing up in a fishing town in Southwest Oregon gave Erin Cooper the work ethic and creative spirit she embodies today. At 18... Aaron left home for the Air Force to enter their graphic design and video production program. Eight years later, she met her husband and co-founder of Cooper House, Tim, in Denver. They eventually made their way back to Tim's hometown, and we are luckier for it. Aaron and her team have spearheaded the manifestation of some of the coolest brands in our city, including the Oklahoma City Museum of Art, Good Egg Group, the Wheeler District, Prairie Surf Media, and the soon-to-be-opened Ellison Hotel. Please welcome Aaron to Action City. 
Catherine, I am so excited to talk about our friends, Leah Strickland and Whitney Moss of Leah and Whitney Real Estate. They have coined the term hashtag power of two, which means when you're working with them, you get double the expertise, double the brain power, and double the hustle. They build a network of buyers and sellers in every neighborhood, but they specialize in Quell Creek, Nichols Hills, Lakehurst, Belle Isle, and the Village. They have a combined 18 years of experience, and because of the hashtag power of two, there's an increased availability of showings, offers, and two professional opinions while negotiating. In addition, Leah and Winnie own their own brokerage, which allows them to put the client before the bottom line. They intentionally maintain a close-knit and well-connected team, which allows them to tailor their approach to meet the client's individual needs and goals. Lee and Whitney provide creative solutions for their clients because you're working directly with the decision makers. And now let's talk about their clients. They consider all of their clients to be friends, and they do an amazing job of listening to their hopes, dreams, and fears. Their goal is to make the real estate transaction as smooth as possible. Leah and Whitney have a strong industry network to call upon when searching for the right fit for a client, especially in markets where inventory is low. They have been known to reach out to homeowners directly, even if that homeowner hasn't indicated a desire to move. So even if your dream home isn't on the market, Leah and Whitney will deliver. They have no fear. If you're interested in buying or selling a home, please reach out to them. You can email them at team at leahandwhitney.com. Their website is leahandwhitney.com. That's L-E-A-H-A-N-D-W-H-I-T-N-E-Y.com. Or you can follow them on Instagram at Leah and Whitney Realtors or on Facebook, simply Leah and Whitney. Thank you and Leah and Whitney for being a sponsor. Now back to the podcast. Erin, we're so excited that you could join us on Action City today. I'm so happy to see you. The last time I think Amy and I saw you was maybe at the Bradford House. Oh, yeah. At one of our planning sessions. Oh, is that? You didn't what know you what you, we were doing. Oh, yeah. I was we like, were doing this. Our top secret meetings. Oh, <laughs> we would love to do that. That would be fun, too. That and I'm going to apologize for my voice again because I have an upper respiratory infection. And Catherine is not going to let me just say that. She's going to. You got to add on the other part, Emmy. What I else happened? Was in a wedding this weekend and drank three nights while was I was sick. So that's what happens when you're old, Emmy. You can't drink three <laughs> nights anymore. Nope. So anyway, we're so happy you're here, though, Erin. So we always start at the beginning. Where are you from? Uh, well, I am from Port Orford, Oregon. So Whoa. it's a tiny town of about a thousand people on the Southern Oregon coast, about an hour north of California. Um, and it's like a little fishing town. And I grew up there. My dad was a commercial fisherman. What oh, did wow. he fish for? Um, well, pretty much everything. It's kind of, you know, fishing's like a year round thing. So depending on the season, it's, you know, it's that salmon. depends on what you're fishing yeah. for. Gotcha. Oh my gosh. Have you seen Seaspiracy? No. Don't. What is Seaspiracy? No. It's, Some sort of conspiracy that, theory on the okay, sea. Well, I thought it was going to be like blackfish, like talking about dolphins and captivity. And then it goes into commercial fishing and trolling and all. And it, There's, it is not kind to that industry yeah. at all. And you know, so it's a documentary type mm-hmm. show. Okay. I think it has an angle. I haven't watched all I'm of it. I'm sure everything seen, does have to have an angle. Yeah, it has an angle. And I definitely think that it's harmful to the people who are trying to create sustainable yeah. fishing. It um, basically says there is no such thing as sustainable fishing. 
And if you go out into the ocean and catch the fish, that sounds fairly sustainable to me. Yeah, it's it's a whole thing. But that's why I'm interested what your thoughts would be as somebody who grew up with a father who did that. Well, I feel like um, all the people that I knew were, you know, this was their living, you know, and obviously I grew up in the 80s. It's not like people were doing a ton of talking about, you know, the fishing industry and, you know, what sustainability was. So I think. Basically, what I remember from growing up there was talking about it more like, you know, there's all these limitations and those limitations are good, but they make it hard for us to make a living. And so, you know, eventually, as I was growing up in Oregon, fishing became more and more difficult uh, way for my dad to provide for his family. And so he ended up getting a grant for displaced fishermen. And uh, he went to college and so did my mom. And so they started college when I was um, in high school and my dad went on in Oregon Mm -hmm. near your town. Yeah. Well, they moved to the valley. Um, So right when I was like graduating, they were kind of getting into that. Dad went to study um, at the community college and so did my mom. They went together. That was so cute. It was. Did they like pack their lunches and drive together and. Well, I left, you know, I left. I was <laughs> like, well, I'm out on this deal. Yeah, I uh, I joined the military when I was 18. So I left and they moved the whole family, ended up moving to the valley. And my dad became a parole officer and my mom became a school teacher. And they both did those careers for, you know, a long time. I mean, that's a real kind of second act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. We, how so they must have been in their 40s were they in their no, 40s? No, no, no. My parents were 20 when I was born. Okay. So they were still So they were th- I mean, they were still pretty young. Yeah, I mean, they were still pretty young. They were 38. They were both 38. So I could have a second act. And a third, I mean, I'm not 38. And a fourth. Oh, and a please. fourth. I mean, why yeah. not? I've got a gazillion ideas. I just need someone else to implement them. <laughs> I can only do so much. I know. I mean, I got Amy over here. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So you joined the military. Mm-hmm. What is that experience like? Um, well, you know. I joined the military because there weren't like a lot of options for college and things like that. And so I was promised that I could study, uh, you know, video, which is what I was super into. Like I was telling everyone like making movie mm-hmm. video. OK, yeah. So I used to like write all these like little films and they're terrible. Uh, but I was really into that. And I thought in my head, I was like, yeah, if I could do anything, I'd, you know, go to New York and I'd go to film school. But of course, that just... had you ever been to New York before? This no. was just an image you had in no. your mind. Of... I read a lot of Vogue magazine. Okay? Oh, me too. Totally, it was like ready for my big city yeah. adventure. Uh, but I met a recruiter from the Air Force who said, you know, you can study you know, video and stuff in the military and you get to go to college afterwards. So do you want to go do that? And so I was like, yeah. Did they come to town and recruit kids? Like, how no. does that? Well, they kind of did. I mean, they came to the the high school and everybody took the ASFAB and I did really well on it. And so my dad was like, well, you know, why don't you consider the military as an option? And so I ended up, he's like, you know, anything but the Marines. So, of course, I went and met with the Marine recruiter. Yeah, you're like, I'm doing everything yeah. they don't want me to do. Yeah, exactly. But I was very small for my age, like really small. <laughs> like I grew four and a half inches after I joined the military. What? Yeah. So I was like, I wasn't even quite five feet tall and I was probably like 100 pounds soaking wet. And the Marine recruiters, they just really <laughs> seem real so interested. Sorry. They're like, I'm sorry. You want to do what now? You We're might not discriminating, but we think maybe you're kind of shrimpy. So mm-hmm. get out. Uh, oh. And the Air Force is like, we take shrimps. 
Yeah. So you want to do creative stuff? Come on. And so I did. Uh, but I didn't get to do video. They, I got to my tech school. There wasn't room for me. It was complicated. And they said, you know, how about graphic design? And I said, yeah, I love to draw. Okay. I'll do that instead. So you weren't crushed. I mean, you, you just kind of turned it around and said, they said, if you join, you're still in the same. So it's kind of hard to understand, but in the military, like all those creative careers are kind of lumped together. And so they were like, if you go and just go do graphic design, you can always cross train and learn other things later. So if you want to do video later or photo later or photojournalism or whatever, you can always just like add that on. And I did end up doing all that stuff. I learned video. I learned um, web design in the military. I learned I took photojournalism courses for um, free. Yeah. Like every year you could go back to school and go learn stuff and then you come back and you apply it to like where you're working. So I have like a very um, just like a really broad education and very like broad experience through the military. So I was in for eight years. Um, and then after I got out by that time, I had learned, you know, a little bit of code and I'd learned how to design websites. And, um, and I met Tim the like last year or so that I was in the military. And he, so was he in the military as well? No, no, no. He was working for like a hot agency in Denver. So I was stationed in Denver at the time. And he was working for an agency there and we met through his work and, um, we just, you know, pretty much day one, it was like partnership. Let's do stuff. Let's make stuff. He was super creative. He's a musician. So cute. Long well, so hair. was there you a guys romantic so interest first? Or oh, yeah. was it a creative interest and then it grew well, into romance? It sounds like I it was all of the above. It was all of the above. Like when I saw him, he was talking, he was talking about um coding with some specific stuff. And I just I knew right away that he was super smart. I'm like, this guy is legit. And he was super cute and very just, you know, intellectual, intelligent, just really charming. And I just was like, Yeah, why am I in this military? with doing all of this when I could be hanging out with this guy and his like amazing life where he's working in this cool agency, like this is what I want to do. And so we, yeah, I mean, we started hanging out right away and he just was basically like, you got to get out of the military. Like, so how do you get out of the military? Well, my time was already almost up really. Okay. Um, Wait, and so how does that work? So you're in, you join for four years and then you can re up for another four and so on. But oh, in, okay. in the, military at that time if you stayed in for 20 years you could retire and so like by that point like I had I'd come so far and I'd gotten promoted I was like the youngest woman in my section to make staff sergeant like I, I had figured it out what I needed to do to like excel in the military um, but of course it wasn't very challenging and it's very limiting life. You know, you've got someone else making choices about what you're doing and where, where you go, go and and stuff like that. And people come and go so quickly. It's really difficult to forge, you know, long relationships and and life just felt very chaotic. And I'd gotten used to that kind of, you know, chaos and just like that way of life. And when I met Tim, it was just kind of like, oh, I could picture my life being totally different. And what if I stayed in Colorado and what if we work together and, you know, what if, what if, and it just all seemed like, yeah, I think this is the better. <laughs> this sounds more interesting. Yeah. This is a more interesting path. And, and well, so it sounds very organic. Mm -hmm. Like it sounds like y'all met, 
you aligned creatively, mm-hmm. like, you know, and then together. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of sounds like it just sort of came together. It really did. It really did. And I met his friends. We made new friends together. and We started to really like build a life together. And it just seemed like the military didn't fit, into fit that. with that anymore. Um, so, yeah, I did eight years and I'm really proud of it. Um, but of course, like by the end of it, I'd really like come into my own in terms of my thoughts and feelings about the military and about, you know, just a lot of different things that were very different from when I was just, you know, a wee little baby, 18 year old going off and didn't know nothing about the world. (laughs) You know, most 18 year olds don't. So like your, your whole, that period from when you're 18, I think to like 26 is just so formative to like your views of the world. And by that point, I just was like, yeah, this is not, this is not for me anymore. Um, but I still feel a lot of like attachment to my military friendships and that history. And so it, it really affected me and positioned me and it made me tough. It made me have really great work ethic. It made me, um, I'm able to take really complicated things and break them down to actionable steps. We always had like new people coming in who had to get spun up quickly. And so like as a leader at work, when I've got like team members that are, you know, getting to this next level, I feel like I'm uniquely positioned to be able to like, okay, here's what we're going to do, you know? And I think that's all, those are all really important skills that you need to run a business to, to do what I do, you know, especially in doing what you do. Yeah. I think it, it, it is complicated. I mean, I think it's, it's even hard to explain what you do. I mean, we were, I was talking to Richard before we got started and he's like, what do you mean? What's branding? And I was like, oh, oh God, I mean, I, I worked for a branding company for whatever, three years. And it's still really hard to explain. I mean, mm-hmm. it it's sort of this esoteric thing out in the world that you do have to break down into little action points that. Yeah, that is true. But branding is um, I think people describe branding in a lot of different ways and it always has to do with like whatever their kind of filter is or whatever their angle is or what they're trying to sell. And so, um, you know, a photographer might describe branding differently than a web designer or, you know, branding designer or whatever. So um, when I break down branding for my clients, um, I have a description that I actually heard from um, Steph Hammerlink from Let's Talk Branding. And mine was different than his, but only by a little bit. And the way he explained it, I thought was so great and clear that I use it now um, when I'm explaining it to people. And I'm probably not going to get it exactly his wording, but essentially that it's a distinctive experiential promise that relates to your business. So Branding. I mean, you can have personal branding. Yes, Kim Kardashian is yes. like a brand or whatever. <laughs> but but when we're talking about it, like for businesses, you have to choose something that is going to be distinctive that you can own that is just yours. And experiential just means it can apply to anything. So if you're a photographer, then it can apply to visuals. If you are, you know, designing the experience for a brand, for a company, it can apply to everything, literally everything, the building, the, the smell the in smell, the lobby, the, the music that you play, every the, single, the horrible music that we play. The horrible music. <laughs> um, but, but all of that stuff. And so if you relate it all back to a promise, this is who we are. This is what we believe. This is what you can expect from us then all of that kind of feeds into it. So I always say like to my clients, like, you know, you have habits as a company, you have habits and your brand is taking whatever already kind of exists that is great, all your best habits maybe, 
um, the way you treat people, um, just how you offer your services and what way that you're organized or whatever. All that good stuff, we're going to take all of that and we're going to crystallize it and we're going to fortify it and say, this is really what's great. We're going to name it. We're going to we're going to name it it sort of a systematic way that you operate every day so that you are being more conscious about your habits. Like I really love that book, Atomic Habits. Um, I've I've never read it. No, I haven't either. So great. You should read it. Um, and I'm not going to try and simplify this book. It's got a lot of wonderful things in it. But one of the interesting takeaways is just talking about like we all have habits every day. And the the whole process starts with just being more conscious of those habits. What is good? What leads to good things in your life? And what are negative habits and lead to bad things? So it's the same way with business. If we look at the good habits that you have at business and as a branding strategist, maybe I come in and we talk through your process, depending on what you do, doesn't even actually matter. It can be any industry. We look at your whole entire process and we're like, okay, what's good? What's great? What things have you got great feedback on? What's distinctive to you? And then everything that we do ties back to that. So it's literally drawing a line between who you are as a company through your practice, which means anything that you do, maybe you have programs, maybe you have education for your, you know, employees or, you know, how you handle um, how they greet people. So it can really just be like anything. And then we translate that into, okay, your visual language and, and all those things that help kind of introduce people to those ideas. So in a way, it really can be anything, but it all has to come back to that promise that you're making and keeping that promise. You're not really a great business if you make a promise and don't keep it. It's it's the bare minimum for having a business. Yes. (laughs) You know, so. um, What was were were these sort of skills and was this knowledge that you gained sort of after the military? So the military, was it more tactical because you were really just working on sort of one business and then after the military it was more strategy based? Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, um, in in, you know. As I look back on my life, I feel like the military, um, it was a big brand and I didn't know it at the time or I didn't have that vision of that experience. So it was definitely all the education I got was much more, as you said, tactical is very skill based. You know, can you do this thing? They had standards that had to be met. But of course, those standards didn't really have anything to do with, um, you know, creativity like I was always the one that was like pushing the limits. Like, how much can I get away with? Like, how far can I push? Oh, too far. Okay, we're going to take that back. You know, so it was really um, not an opportunity for me to flex my creativity or stretch my wings in that way. Um, But I did really learn, you know, structure and consistency and things need to be this way. And all of that, those fundamentals definitely shaped how I run my strategy now. Um, And, you know, I got really good at being bossy, which you kind of have to do, especially um, being a brand strategist and being a woman going into, you know, boardrooms and talking to room full of executives or whatever and being like, listen, that think they know what they're talking about. Well, and they probably don't don't. understand the value, (laughs) but they know their business is better than I do. So not only I feel like when I go in, it's. I want them to respect my knowledge and my experience and everything that's led us to this point. But I also want them to really feel like they can talk to me and they can be honest and truthful about 
what's important about what they're trying to do. And, you know, I really can't do a great job branding them if I don't know or if they can't feel like they can be honest with me. And so I try to use that experience that I have in the military and to let people know that that's my background, because that's something that um, I think people really respect that there is a process to this. And, um, you know, she's creative, but she's also going to be organized and she's going to keep us on track. And I think that having those two capabilities are, you know, not something that people expect. They expect creatives to be like, "Ah." it is an unusual (laughs) combination. I think that gives you an edge that that I haven't. I mean, that I haven't come across necessarily. Yeah, I, I mean, it's, you know, my dad was, a, this is a total side note, but it made me think about it. My dad was in the reserves mm-hmm. and his what branch, just the army, the mm-hmm. army. And he was in like Fort Sill or somewhere. It's Fort Sill in Arkansas. He was in Fort Sill and he was in charge of the audiovisual equipment. Oh, interesting. Now there's nothing creative about my father, but he, and I don't, he never actually saw, you know, any real pieces of the military, but that was his job running the audio visual equipment. He's very proud of it. Well, like um, I, did a, I did a little bit of that, honestly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he, he like, yeah. Ra- I mean, I guess at that time it was a wheel of film going yeah. around and you'd stop it and start it. <laughs> it was like the least favorite part of my job when I was stationed in Montana. When I was there, I was just a young airman. I was, of course, like one of the lowest ranking. You know, you always got like worst, the worst job. jobs. Yeah, he They're was like, the lowest one. He never got Somebody promoted. needs a projector. I'm like, oh. God, it's oh, me again. It's like lugging. And it's not like those projectors now mm-hmm. that are like. It's probably the same one he was using in, <laughs> in the 60s. Lugging it on a cart like this is my life. Uh, yeah, oh, that's really. Yeah. So how did you guys get from Colorado back here? Um, that's is great. Tim from here? Yeah. So Tim. Okay. okay. So Tim you just randomly no, ended up in Oklahoma. No, no. Okay. no, Tim grew up here. I mean, he is an Oklahoma boy through and through. He grew up. He lived over on uh, Somerset. So. Oh, Yeah, he lived over on Somerset. Um, So I think you own his aunt's house. His aunt's house. Well, it's your house now. Well, we've had a lot of Easter's and and lots of happy Christmases at your house. I I love love our house. house. I always say it has really good juju. Yeah, it has been loved. And I love that street. It's one of my favorite streets. It's so cute. So his brother still lives down the street. Yeah, I met his brother. Steve, yeah. Mm -hmm. So he's wonderful and their their whole family is amazing. Um but yeah, so really I think the pull to come back to OKC was we'd lived in Colorado, we were married for 5 years and we had lived there and we had great friends and we really started thinking about like our future and wanting to buy a house and like we kept looking at houses we could afford and by the time we found something that we liked and we could afford, we were an hour and a half from the city and we're like, no, we might as well geez, be in Oklahoma City. That's what he was he was like, you know, maybe we should go look in Oklahoma. Then we looked at like what we could get in Oklahoma City versus Colorado. We were like, so it's like a shotgun shack or or like a really charming 1940s bungalow. Yeah. OK. Oklahoma's looking really good. <laughs> like, let's go check it out. And I came here and I felt I, do, I just fell in love with OKC. Um, Colorado, what, what, what about it made you fall in love with it? What was the it felt Everything felt possible. It felt accessible. And like in Denver, like the city has already it was already so mature when we were there. Like it just felt untouchable. Like, how would we ever meet the people who were, you know, the movers and shakers and who are really doing stuff in Denver? It just felt to us like, you know, how how could we make an impact here? How could we affect things here? And it just didn't feel that accessible to us. Um, and then I came to OKC and it was just like. 
stuff is happening. The city is, it was, you know, see, so 2008. So yeah, it was a long time ago. Sort of, I mean, I say the beginning. It wasn't really the yeah, beginning. Yeah, but it was like stuff. Plaza wasn't even like hardly mm-hmm. a thing yet. I mean, just so much. I was like, wow, this has so much potential. If we moved here, we could really be a part of this. We could, you know, have a life here and build something meaningful. And so much time has passed since that to like where we are now. But like when I look at the time that we've spent here, we jumped in right away. We got involved in things. And like, you know, I had like I had a random like I had a little shop for a while. Like where was the shop? It was called Pippin and Pearl. And it was right behind Puppies and Joe. Oh, gosh. (laughs) I would have been over there for a cupcake every day. That would have been disastrous. I seem to like gravitate towards places where I'm like, oh, there'll be snacks nearby. (laughs) Exactly. What are the snacks going to be? And then I like realize that I'm spending too much time eating the snacks. I'm like, oh, this isn't working. I'm going to have to to go. So, yeah, I had a shop for like a hot minute. But I can imagine you having a shop. Well, it was was wildly unsuccessful. But I just it was me just like, you know, the location might have been hard people to find so hard for people to find and and really it wasn't like like cooper house wasn't really a thing at that time we were still doing fulfillment work for other agencies so that's really how we made our living we worked for other agencies they would come if in. they didn't have enough graphic designers on staff yeah. they hired you guys yes, to do okay exactly so we really weren't doing direct to client work so it was really kind of like a pretty chill life. Yeah. We would get assignments. We would work on them. You didn't have to go get business necessarily. <laughs> Not really. I mean, we had some pretty steady work coming from Colorado. Um, and, you know, we did a little bit of local stuff, but it was always really kind of on the side, like working direct to client was on the side mainly. Um, so at that time, Elise was just a baby. And I was like really super into like all my sewing and crafting, stuff like that. Uh, so, yeah, I did that. And then... Um, you know, I started to get more focused on design and Cooper House and started getting more business. And then in 2011, we decided we would go direct to client and we would start doing web design and branding directly for clients instead of through these agencies. So we felt Who like was your first client and how did you get that client? Oh, my gosh. Well, that's a great question. Um, actually, our first direct clients were through um, some connections that we had in Colorado. So we we worked a lot with interior designers and we still do. Um, they make up a fair chunk of our, um, you know, clientele, although we haven't really worked with interior designers in Oklahoma City for some reason. I don't know why, but we have huh. uh interior designers in New York and LA and just kind of all over um, East coast, West coast. And so we love interior design. I mean, I am like kind of in love with interior design, basically. Like I wish I was an interior designer in your second act. That's what you could do. I know, but it's like, I'm more into like, uh, space planning, like how a room, you know, I like to get into my 3d renderings, (sighs) like my new office. I'm like, as soon as we like, Got the verbal. Tim's like, you're going to be up all night with this, aren't you? I'm like, <laughs> yes. yes. Just cleaning the space, just moving furniture around virtually. So it's really fun. Um, but yeah, so we worked with a lot of interior designers and that has kind of segued into, I think, um, a lot of the other work that we've done. Um, you know, interior design's kind of a, I would say, I want to say luxury, but definitely like a high end, very like upscale look to a lot of the work that we were doing. And so it started translating into other things like e-commerce, retail, 
you know, um, and then there was kind of like interior designers introduce us to their contractors or their property developers. And so then we kind of sort of got into working in that. So we work with, um, you know, property developers. Um, we love urban planning. We're super interested in that. Our new office is in Wheeler District. They've been a client for a long time. We did their website. We did the branding for Wheeler Homes. So we're moving in there. Um, we're in the process of moving in. I mean, there's so many good local businesses that you've done that are my favorite, like Little Arc. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was an amazing dude. project. That I mean, you like looking at all of that, I was like, oh, my God, they nailed it. And then all the new BB stuff I was obsessed with. That was so, so fun. It was beautiful. I Betsy really King, love working I mean, with one them. of our favorites. Oh, yeah, Betsy, Betsy King's King. one of our favorites. I mean, it's, I get real jealous when I look at everybody's really great branding. <laughs> Not going to lie. Well, Not yeah, lie. Those, those ladies, they kind of got in on the, on the ground floor with mm-hmm. me. I'm, I'm not really doing uh, retail as much anymore. Um, just like, I think we've kind of, not that we've graduated from working with small business because we still are, but we've kind of gotten to a point where, you know, if we're going to work with clients, it really has to be like the full the full process. package. You have to. So people like, used to be able to call me and be like, Aaron, I want, you know, I need a, a, a logo yeah. or a, I just need a one page website. And I was be like, sure. Yeah. We're not but really you don't like, have to do that. Not that no. you don't have to now. So do you have, so if someone calls you and says that, do you have some people that you send them to in Oklahoma city that you really love, or you could say, I don't do it, but so-and-so does it. Or I mean, well, it really depends on what it is. Um, I also have a lot of wonderful contractors that I work with. And so I try to funnel work to them them as much as possible because I want them to, you know, succeed and fill their time. And, and they're all doing exactly what I did for so long. So I really understand, you know, the plight of the creative contractor. So I have a lot of people who are kind of in my immediate sphere who I send work to all the time. And then I have people who are kind of like, you know, a Mm -hmm. level outside that who maybe I don't get to work with all the time, but I think, Oh, this would be a great project for so-and-so and I'll send them, you know, something, but, um, you know, not everybody, not every agency in town is like, you know, able to take on like small projects, small projects. So I might refer them to a smaller agency if I think they might be a good fit or whatever, but, but yeah. So what are your like local projects right now? Oh my gosh. Well, I mean, I know I have some questions about a very specific <laughs> one, but you tell us the list and that, that you can, that, that you can yeah, reveal. I, oh, yeah. I guess that's true. Sometimes yeah. I don't want you to say, right? No, I have a lot of stuff in the works that probably won't launch for a little while longer. But I will tell you, like, we've, you know, expanded. We're working with a lot of startups. Um, we're lurk- working with, like, some tech companies. We're working in wellness. We're working in hospitality. Um, we're working in a lot of different industries. But I think one of the things about all the Oklahoma clients, one of the things that they all have in common is that they are all companies that are really investing in the future of Oklahoma City in particular. Um, Things are heating up in a really interesting and exciting way where I think a lot of people thought Oklahoma City story was written that like this is what it is and this is what it will always be. And I remember when I first came here, people were like, it'll always be only oil and gas, you know, like there's nothing that can touch it. And I just think that's not true anymore. I think there is potential for Oklahoma City to be a lot more diversified in what, you know, 
what's going on here. Just a lot more. I what think. what ind- industries are you seeing? Healthcare. I know you guys do some healthcare work. Yes, I definitely. Technology. Think, I mean, I do think that there's I a technology scene. There's that- going to be technology. Mm-hmm. I definitely think there's going to be a lot in um, healthcare. I'm really hoping to see more of, um, you know, research like science and research. Obviously, the innovation district. There's so much going on there, um, and then. I think the film industry is just so oh, we're really much excited potential. about that. So, so much potential there. I and like the people that are involved with it are so, so smart, so passionate, and so connected. There's really no reason why Oklahoma City can't experience the success that like, you know, Georgia's had with all of their productions here. And people just like, you know, like people are like, oh, Oklahoma, it's like the Wild West. I'm like, yeah. In a good way, in a good way, because it's like people who don't know how great it is, who don't know how great the people are. There's just so much potential for, you know, a city like this that has so many resources to really get to the next level. So I'm excited to see that. That's what we say about podcasting. It's kind of the Wild West. It is. (laughs) There's like no rules. No rules. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, okay. If you had to think about Oklahoma City as a brand. So I mean, I've talked to obviously lots of people, I think maybe you're 27, 27, 28. But one of the sort of taglines that have, has come up from Brian Bogert and Graham Colton so it was keep Oklahoma City authentic. Mm. But if you had to think about Oklahoma City as a brand and a way to keep it authentic, mm-hmm. a, w- a way for it to fulfill its promise, what would that be? And do you think it would be different 10 years from now than it is now and that it was 10 years ago. I mean, what's going to keep Oklahoma city a place that we all want to live? That's a really good question. Um, you know, it's interesting because we did a lot of, we did a lot of work around Oklahoma city when we started branding the Ellison, which is in just an ongoing. Project. I'm so excited. so excited. I, I am too. And it's been going on for a really, really long Can time. Can I ask when it's opening October? Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can't wait. October. Can we get an invite to the opening party? Will you put us on the list? I'll see what I can do. <laughs> do you know I hope anybody? they invite me. <laughs> I, was gonna, uh, I think they will. There's a lot will. of amazing people involved in that project. But but going back to um, Oklahoma City and, you know, I'm not from here, obviously. I didn't grow up here. I don't have the same perspective on it as like. But that's actually good, I think. I think it is, too, because I feel like. um you can look at Oklahoma City in a much more objective way when you're not like emotionally connected to the colleges or the industries that are here. You know, I'm not like I think it's there's lots of things about Oklahoma that are super weird. And like, why is that <laughs> not to be like Tim? Like what? Why? You know, tell me, explain to me about this. That's funny. Um, but the things about Oklahoma City that are really interesting and unique. There are lots of things that are like um, tangible, like, you know, some interesting architecture. Um, There's some interesting history, obviously, here. But there's also this feeling, I think, among the people that um, I noticed it when I first moved here. People were almost like apologetic about Oklahoma when I very first moved here from Denver. They're like, oh. I'm, it'll mm-hmm. it'll get better. It'll be. It, we're, we're moving in the right it's direction. It's really pretty good. And I'm like, guys, like what? You know, I don't look at things that way in the military. Like they move you from one place to another and you just like find your people, get plugged in and get on down the road. Like you're not spending a lot of time judging or wishing that Oklahoma City was more like, you know, Denver or wishing that it was more like Portland or whatever. You find the elements that click with you and then you, you know, 
get into it. Figure it it out. Yeah. Well, so Oklahoma City, the people that are here, I feel like are the most interesting part of that. Um, I I don't even want to say like, it's not the low barrier to entry. It's more that like people here are very accepting of new ideas or new ways of doing things or new things that come in when a new restaurant opens everybody's there. there. We're all there, right? When a new thing is happening, everyone's like, what's all? Yeah, let's go check that out. You know, there's like this. Very supportive. They're supportive and there is just this, it's openness. That's what it is. You think of Oklahoma as being like conservative, but the people are not that way, really. Like they don't come off that way. They're very open to like, what's going to be the next thing? Like New Yorkers, something new comes. They're like, it sucks already. I hate it. Mm -hmm. You know, like that's not how Oklahomans are. And so I think there's like, um, I like to like draw a a comparison between like our open skies and our open hearts. And those, it sounds very like, you know. No, we love that. But it's true. People here are like that. And um, I moved here and I met people who became my best friends like right away. And, you know, many of them I'm still really good friends with after all these years. And it just feels like that can't always happen in a new city. Like people move to a new place and it takes them a while to like find their people or get plugged in or whatever. And here it just feels like, I don't know. Like How do we keep that? I mean, I think, I think one of the things that having grown up here, you know, for 47 years or, you know, is that one of the reasons I think people are so excited and so open is that for so long it was, I hate to say this, but it was sort of a wasteland of, nothing mm-hmm. happening. And I think we're, we're so excited about what's happening in the city that mm-hmm. we want to support it. We want to keep it going. And we, we want the longevity of this ride. And so how do we make sure that 10 years from now, we're still just as excited as we are right now? I mean, I want to keep that you know, in 10 years from now, I still mm-hmm. want to be running out to whatever the new restaurant is. And I want to be supporting the ones that are opening today. I mean, well, I don't want to get jaded. Like, I don't want to get skeptical. And yeah, I don't think that's probably going to happen. I think that culturally, Oklahomans are just, I think we're wired to be this way. So I don't really foresee that changing. Um, but obviously, the city will evolve and become different things. And I think you have to go into every new thing that happens in Oklahoma City and recognize that it's a season. Because remember the season of Plaza when Plaza first started that season, it's like a totally different season than what Plaza is now. And they're both good and interesting in totally different ways for different audiences at different times. And I just kind of embrace that change, to be honest. Like, I like things to be different and interesting. And if it's not the same as it was back then. That's fine with me. I'm interested in that. I love how like Nichols Hills Plaza. Remember how it just used to be so sleepy? It was very sleepy. You could find a parking space. And now, and now you can't, can't which I love. Anywhere. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, I was talking to Emmy's parents yesterday and we were discussing the Ellison and the new uh, apartments that are going up, mm-hmm. at, uh, you know, behind the Ellison. And and Emmy's mom was like, I mean, you can't even find a parking space in Nichols Hills Plaza anymore. <laughs> she goes, I mean, it's just, I don't know. It's just too busy. And I was cracking up. I was like... I'm so excited that you can't find a parking space. It well, means that there are people there. And it means yeah. I think the the more excitement there is around something. Well, and and it's more walkable now than it was. Like they put in those sidewalks. Like I feel like the people who live on Grand 
are going to have to like learn to take advantage of that, that the grand mark, we did branding for that a while ago. Um, and I just think about the people that live at the grand mark. I'm like, they have got it so good. Oh, I want to move to the grand mark. If I could, I would, I'd move right over and there. Like just have like a little penthouse and then like fall out your back door to Trader Joe's or just jaunt down the street, go over to the Ellison rooftop and have a drink. I mean, that's going to be so nice. You know, I live two blocks from the plaza and it is, I I mean I may I'm never gonna move. <laughs> I'm gonna job. be like 90 in my wheelchair trying to roam around my house with all these like different steps. I'll be pushing gonna, you. You can be pushing me, but I, I we're I mean I, being able to walk to the Ellison from my house. I'm I'm watching every phase of it, wondering exactly what's happening when. And really on that note, so I mean I think that at the end we'll talk about where, where people can find you. But I follow Cooper House on Instagram, and I find out about a lot of cool things that are happening mm-hmm. in town from you guys. I and mean, that's how I found out about the Ellison. And then of course I immediately followed them. Oh, our social media too. Yeah, be you're so happy. No, I mean <laughs> it really. Yeah, your social helps media is me so good. Ke- yeah, you. keep up with what's with what's going on in Oakland. So should we do first final question? Yeah, go for it. I think I, you should do it. <laughs> the first final question? Yeah. Oh, yes, because Amy's, her voice is, <laughs> we haven't. Okay, so Oklahoma City. Well, okay, you, Cooper House, mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, 10 years from now. What do you see? Where do you see yourself? Do you see Cooper House taking over the world? Obviously. Do you, <laughs> what, do you see growth in Oklahoma City really around the Wheeler District? What do you, what, what do you see in 10 years? Um, well, for Cooper House, I definitely see that I hope that we will get big, but not too big. I really love like how connected we are with our team that we have now. And I would love to be able to, you know, grow and have um, a larger team and be able to serve a lot more people. Um, but as far as Cooper House goes, I really see us expanding our reach from not just Oklahoma City to more places in the nation. But what's so great about um, this past year, which there was literally nothing great about it, but one great thing was that people got more used to working remotely and they got more used to all of the tools that we've used for years to work with clients on both coasts. And so Zoom calls are really easy and people um, don't even bat an eye when you're like, oh, we're in Oklahoma City. It's no longer like a, a oh, barrier. Get there? What yeah. Are we mm-hmm. And in fact, people are interested. I have a client, an interior design client right now who's in New York, who's like, I can't wait to come to Oklahoma City. I'm like, oh, wait till October so you can stay at the Ellison. Yes. And, and uh, plus also October in Oklahoma City. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely see, you know, us expanding our reach, but also like, I feel like this is a time in in you know US history where these second tier cities or cities that have always been kind of like below people are flocking to them because of everything that's happened this past year it feels good to be in a city where things aren't so dense where things are a little more spread out and just with how Oklahoma City is growing and changing i just feel like in 10 years we're going to be you know a destination people are going to want to be here i hope they do now but we want to be here. So. Why wouldn't you want to be here? We're here. I know. That's what I'm saying, though. Like, I feel like there's always been like a thing in the past where people were like, Oklahoma City. Like, they didn't they didn't even understand it. They couldn't even picture it. And now they know about us. And things like, you know, the Ellison and Prairie Surf and some None of, such. I'm trying yeah. to I mean, there's being the best new restaurant. There's certain things that are going to put us on the map where people will no longer be like, what's going on in Oklahoma City? You'll be like, I need to get to Oklahoma City. The same way that they talk about, you know, going to Austin or whatever. So I definitely see that happening. Um, 
And then as far as Wheeler goes, I mean, those people are so wonderful and they've been our friends for such a long time. And I feel really um, supportive of their organization and Ashley Terry in particular. She's just, you know, a powerhouse. Um, So I'm happy to be down there with her. And I just feel like construction is happening so quickly. So many businesses are going in. You guys will have to come down and see the little street that we're on. I know. It's so good. Is it good? Yeah. Have the pizza and the little cookie. I follow them on Instagram too. Yeah. It's really good. The coffee's amazing. And you can also get like wine and mimosas and an Aperol spritz. And then the kids just like rock out. They have like soft serve ice cream. We love it. It's really cute. Does Scissortail Park going to stretch all the way to the Wheeler District or that's too far? I can't. I, I don't. I, I'd have to like look at the plans right now, but I do know that they're planning on developing uh, north and east of Western. So I'm sure that over time that it ex- will. Yeah, yeah it'll it'll kind of town there. I don't right. even want to like say anything because they have so many plans and things and you really should have Ashley on. Yeah. She's oh, amazing. And she's got We have the Wheeler District on our list of and we yeah. just didn't know. Oh good. Okay. Yeah, you we'll should talk, talk to after. her. Yes. Okay. Final final question. Yes. So your best friend from your hometown in Oregon of a thousand people <laughs> says that she's coming to Oklahoma City for a visit. And you pick her up at the airport, you have the whole day. What do you take her to do? What's what's on the list? But money is no object. You can have kids, no kids. You can, there's no pandemic. <laughs> What's your perfect day? Oh and wh- what do you want to, what do you want to show someone about our city? Oh yeah. Well, um, I think the thing that I often show people when they come to town is our amazing street art. I'm super proud of it. I played a <gasps> yes, tiny I saw that. I was gonna little say did. The one on West 37th and Western. Yeah, I did that one. And, um, with Amanda Bradway or excuse me, Amanda Weathers and, um, Lauren. Um, and so like we did that together and then we did the one in uh, Wheeler district too. And I loved doing, you know, giant murals and I don't really have time to pursue that anymore, but I'm very proud of how that started on Western. And it just like, I mean, there was already a little bit, but it just seemed to spread and there's just all over town. Is there, is there a place online where you can go and get sort of a description and a map of all of the murals in in Oklahoma city that you could go on like a little tour or no? Um, There is one that is just for the Western. It's part of the Google Cultural Arts Institute online. Okay. Um, So you can see all You can see it all online if you can't go. Yeah. But I think that there is a place. um, I think Uncover Oklahoma maybe has done like a series on them, but I'm not sure if they have all of them. But it would be really cool if there was some way. Um, That's like a huge part of culture, like in like Miami, like when I went to Miami. Oh, the ones in Miami are amazing. Amazing. But I really think we have some here that rival that. Because I, for Scout Guide, I put a couple of murals in the guide. Mm -hmm. And I remember I Googled like OKC murals and there was a guide to all of them. To all of them. Okay, so you could see that. this was before Plaza Walls. Mm. So I don't know if it's been updated. Somebody's linked it all together. Okay. Yeah, I think that is something that like people, no matter where you're from, are interested in it. And it's like this amazing showcase of our culture. Like it's a way to like introduce people to the culture of Oklahoma City um, before we start taking them to all the restaurants and shops because it really shows like modern art. It show it just shows everything. It's so wonderful. And there's so many great female artists, which I feel like that is something that's really shifted. I think in a lot of street art, it's, you know, there was a lot of work that was primarily men. And now I feel like there's so many great talented women. And obviously like Denise Duong has got some amazing yes. pieces yeah. all over town. And she's just like 
a rock star. She's so amazing. So yeah, I definitely think that would be it. And then, you know, the museums and some of our favorite restaurants. We like some of the like older. Oh, okay. Well, what like are they? Who? Tell us. Oh, well, we love Metro, obviously. I think yes, Chris that's Lauer. where this was born. That's where this was born. Really? Mm-hmm. That's and so wonderful. And they grew at the Bradford House. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so Chris Lauer will be one of the people involved in the Ellison. Oh, yay. Right. Yes. So he's there and uh, Joseph Royer and um, Josh Valentine. And I just saw a sneak peek of the menu. We're shooting it on the 25th. It's not final, final, but oh my God. Do you need some taste testers? I'm always like, I'm like pimping myself <laughs> out would, all the that time. Would, that would be that's like my dream job. That's my, my second act is like. We honestly, you could food. bring me just to be like a hype woman. I would just tell them how wonderful it is. Catherine would come with some criticism. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> really give you my yeah. two cents. <laughs> I just um, love to eat food. Catherine <laughs> likes to criticize food. Well, more yeah. Of a, more critique as opposed to criticize. It's going to oh, be a really yeah. different, um, it's going to be really different and interesting. I think you guys will be really excited about it. I won't say anything else about it because I want to wait and unveil all the photos and everything that we're shooting for the website, um, which is going to launch in June. So oh, the Ellison will have, will they have a spa? No, they're not going okay. to have a spa. But it's so restaurant, rooftop bar. Mm-hmm. Obviously you can stay there. Mm-hmm. They've got, they're going to have this amazing little library lounge. It's going to have a huge installation in it done by Elena Hunt, who works with me at Cooper House. <gasps> oh my gosh. Yes. I remember her. Yeah, she's amazing. So talented. Um, so she's working on that. And they're also going to have like a little market in there. That's going to have a lot of like local stuff. And they're partnering with the Ralph Ellison Foundation, who will have some oh, things available cool. in the market that you can buy and the proceeds will go to the foundation. So that's wonderful. Um, and we're going to have like some little, um, you know, literature pop up from Full Circle, who's obviously um, been involved with the Ralph Ellison Foundation. So lots of really cool, very local community focused things coming to the Ellison. Um, and it's just going to be so beautiful inside. I cannot wait. Is this a standalone, the Ellison? There mm-hmm. isn't another there one, right? never will be. This is the only one. Forever and ever. It's a it's tribute. So like tribute portfolio from Marriott, they do one in each city. And it's, oh, so it's it's always the, just a tribute to who was behind it. the city. Yeah. Well, they are the um, they provide some infrastructure, but the hotel is actually run by, you know, local independent um, companies. So they're all locals. They're from here. What's another tribute hotel in another city that um, the Noel in Nashville? is a one okay. that we really, really love. Um, Hotel Zachary in Chicago. It's just, there's a ton of them that are popping up and they're really great. It's like a way for um, a city to kind of sh- share its personality, but make, you know, have the benefit of the infrastructure that of, comes, comes with, being with being part, part of a Marriott, really big right. organization. So, yeah. Gosh, you guys, exciting. I cannot wait. I mean, I'm going to I'm going to walk myself over there with my bag, with my little rolling suitcase. The room and I may are never adorable. come back. I helped pick out the phones. Oh, you did? Old school I with mean, a little curly cue. They're super super cute. They're like, well, you'll see. It's all really really awesome. Exciting. Gosh. There's so many things exciting things. I knew I was going to be excited after talking to you today about what was happening in the city because I mean, yeah. you guys make it a really cool place to live. Thank and I know so not all your projects are in Oklahoma City. I know you can do projects all over the country and all over the world, but I so appreciate all the work you've done here. 
Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thanks well, so much. Tell everybody on. where oh, they right. can find you. Yes. So you can visit our website. It's cooper-house.com or you can follow us on Instagram and it's at cooper underscore house. And that's where all the stuff happens. Um, I'm also have my own account, eCooper Studio, where I share a little bit more of kind of like my hobbies and my passion for interior design and for art. And I was going to say like your that. art is so beautiful. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm going to go. I don't follow. I'm following that right when we're done. <laughs> Can't wait. Uh, and you can follow Tim at Tim Cooper House and he does a lot of different things. He's, you know, a sculptor. And so we're both we have our little creative projects that we do on the side. But yeah, Cooper House is Cooper House is it. OK, thanks so much, Aaron. We loved Thank it you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today. We truly appreciate your listening to these stories. You can find us on Instagram at ActionCityOKC or for business inquiries, email us at hello at ActionCityOKC.com. Action City is produced by Blacken Studios. You can find the studio on Instagram and Facebook at Blacken Studios. Creative services provided by Ranger Creative. Music written and performed by Kansas City Bankroll. <laughs>